Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Toggling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet then. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Puzzle your balls. Womack style. Ah, hmm. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's me, Grandma Cliff. And I'm definitely not a ripoff of Saul Rosenberg. There's no way that's even possible. How could it be? Uh, yeah. Episode 13. Lucky 13. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fucked up that they don't have the 13th floor at a lot of places, hotels and whatnot. Like, really? That's how, I guess that's how stupid we are. We just, we, we would build the building. <laughs> of course it has a fucking 13th floor, but then we said, oh, we're just going to write 12 and then we'll write 14 so that imbeciles don't get too afraid i guess that's is that i don't know is that why it's like that because of imbeciles 
who are afraid of the number 13. Well, I'm not afraid of the fucking number 13. I'm happy for the number 13. Because it's the 13th episode of Birthday Boy, baby. I thought about skipping right to 14, though, because it's really, really... I'm very superstitious, and it's incredibly bad luck. You know, just like black cats and broken mirrors. All that shit's really, really definitely true. Yeah. Okay, so... Here's some good luck. Some good... Some good news! Good, uh... Good, uh... Dentist visit today. So that was nice. I had a nice trip to the dentist. I floss regularly. I brush my gums with a nice, uh... Forgot the name of it, but a nice, uh, you know, a mouthwash, a really, a really high, heavy-duty mouthwash, so it keeps my gums healthy. And of course, I brush with an electric toothbrush, uh, you know, at least once, once or twice a week. So I, I do, I do well in that department as well. And uh, it was a quick trip in and out. And I was really terrified because the doctor, the dentist that I've been seeing, he moved to San Diego, San Diego. Which means Wales Vagina. So he moved to Wales Vagina, California. Because I guess that's where he's from or something. And I was bummed because I don't like... I don't really like the the main doctor there too much. I, I had her once and I thought she was a real like arrogant prick. And uh, I didn't really, didn't really enjoy it. So I requested to have... I found out that only he worked on Friday. So I requested Fridays. So I get to the dentist today, and I sit down, and they say, okay, doctor, whatever, will be in in a moment. I said, ah, oh, fuck. I got I to gotta have doctor so-and-so. Well, guess what? Great news. Her daughter is a dentist and just uh, started the dental world, the dentistry world of dental dentists. And so it was her. It was the daughter. It wasn't the mom. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have this person. I don't like her. And I'm, uh, you know, I wasn't too, I kind of gave it back to her a little bit last time. You know, not rude, but just, you know, I don't like you kind of kind of vibes. I gave her the I don't like you vibes. Whereas my regular dentist, I, I liked him. And I, I gave him, I gave him the I like you vibe. And I think he gave it back because often I would wake up and my shirt would be unbuttoned and my hair disheveled. Uh, so I think it was a mutual admiration for one another. And this other dentist just doesn't seem to have the time of day to do that to me. So I, that's why I call her arrogant. Because she doesn't know what she's missing. Um, no, the daughter's super nice, though. It was like, oh, thank God. It was so easy. I, I mean, I don't even think I was there. For, I don't know. I was there for like 45 minutes. Maybe not even an hour. I wasn't even gone for an hour. It was fantastic. It's fantastic. This has been a week of... Uh, of going to the doctor because I went and had my checkup, my annual physical that I have every uh, seven or eight years. I had that the other day. It all went well. Lab results, all the blood work that you do is all good. Uh, blood pressure is nice. It used to be very, very high because I drank too much caffeine and I commuted to Boston every day, which that's quite likely to happen again. Uh, but at the moment, it's not. So my health has improved drastically. And, you know, losing a bunch of weight, getting, you know, once in a while actually, like, giving a shit about uh, about my health has, has helped. And I've, actually having, like, more than five minutes in the week to, like, tend to myself, it turns out, is very helpful, too. Rather than four hours a day in a car, train, bus, to uh, commute to a city that's less than 40 miles from here. <laughs> Worst commute in America. Yay. 
Yay, Boston. We did it. We did it, everyone. We did it. We did it. Worst commute. Worse than Los Angeles, D.C., New York. We did it. We beat them all. We're the best. Never, never one to accept second place, this Boston. But I've been very lucky. I haven't had to do that shitty commute too often. Once in a while, I have to go in. It's no big deal. Uh, and so I've gotten healthier. And I was very, uh, very pleased with the outcome of my physical examination this past week, a couple days ago on Wednesday. Um, I did not have my regular doctor, uh, which is fine because I'm not too, I'm not too, just like the main dentist, I'm not too nuts about this regular doctor either. She's not so hot. You know, she could kind of give a shit whether she's there talking to you or not. She's kind of in and out, you know, through the car wash, through the, the assembly line you go. In, out, open, say, ah, blah, 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 get out of here. And, uh, but this week I had the, uh, I had somebody else and she was very nice and seemed to give a shit and seemed very relatively new. So she hasn't been like, you know, ruined by the whole thing. Still seems to actually care about people, which is cool. And um, the only thing that was a little strange, and I, I think Cliffy might enjoy this. Not that that not that that son of a bitch is listening to this, but if Cliffy were listening, Cliff, you would enjoy this uh, because, as you know, one of the features of a physical examination, uh, at least my physical examination, I assume everybody else is the same. It could just be me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one who has to drop his pants and turn to the right and cough. But I couldn't help but uh, find some little bit of humor in the fact that I'm sitting there as this person is toggling my balls, much like Cliffy toggles his balls, according to all of his relatives, in those definitely very real phone calls that I play at the end of each episode. So, yeah, I was standing there, and I just chuckled because I thought, and here we are. I'm having my balls toggled by somebody who's not my normal doctor, and who I've never met before. It is better, I will say, than my childhood doctor, Dr. Phelps, because I was friends with his son, Matt. And so, let's be honest, it's a little strange when you go to your friend's house and his dad's there, like, mowing the lawn and, you know, playing video games with you. And then you have to go in for your checkup. And then your friend's dad is the doctor. So there's your friend's dad, who you were, was a really nice guy, and you were hanging out at his house having pizza and playing video games. And then there he's now he's toggling... Uh, my tiny balls <laughs> back when I was like seven, eight years old. And I always thought, this is weird. Not too many people have their friends' dads toggle their balls. At least not uh, not where I come Well, actually, no, I guess where I come from, that's exactly everybody's. Uh, everybody was had their balls toggled by their friend's dad because most of the kids that I knew went to Dr. Phelps. So we got to stand there and turn to the right and cough while having our balls toggled. And then, like, okay, see you Friday for, for Matt's birthday party. We're going to get pizza. <laughs> cool. Can't wait to see you. Wash your hands. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so this new doctor is toggling my body. And, and the other thing is, it's really strange. I, I think I've only had... All of my doctors have been males. And my normal doctor here... Uh, the last time I had a physical was two years ago. She didn't. She didn't do the ball thing, and I'm not sure why. I think she might have forgotten it. My blood pressure was like off the charts, so they gave me an EKG two years ago because they thought, "Oh my God, he's having a heart attack." 
which was really just I didn't eat all day and I was uh, about to start a new job and I was negotiating buying a car and I all I did was drink soda and caffeine all day and then raced over to have my physical before going back to the car dealership to finish negotiating my car. So I was just like all over the place. And uh, so it was the perfect storm of terrible blood pressure. And so they had to like hook me up. I'm like, uh, it's, I don't think it's completely necessary, but, but they did anyways. So they, I, I didn't get my balls toggled on the last visit, but I did get my balls toggled this time. And I think because uh, my other, my main female doctor didn't toggle my balls the previous time, uh, the only doctors who have toggled my balls have been dudes. I had this doctor in Charlotte who was a dude and Dr. Phelps when I was a kid and another dude who was my doctor uh, you know, when I was a teenager, when we lived in New York, they've all been dudes. I've only had, uh, in a in a medical setting, my balls have only been toggled to date by uh, dudes. So it was actually, it was it was just a little weird because it's like, oh my god, it's like this, it's this young female toggling my balls. I say toggling, I mean, you know, <laughs> cupping. Toggle sounds way better, so it's just funnier. That's a funnier word. So so the doctor's toggling my balls, and I thought, this is really strange. I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just I feel it's always it's never, a, it's never a fun, comfortable thing to like, okay, drop trow, cough, turn to the right. I'm gonna I'm gonna cup them. I'm gonna cup the right ball and I'm gonna cup the left ball, turn and cough, turn and cough. And it's a pretty quick. It's all of like what five seconds, 10 seconds at the most. But I thought, ah, oh, it's really just, you know, I feel, I, I feel bad for this, this girl who has to like toggle my balls. And, uh, and so I, so I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. So I thought like, I'm, I'm really, you know, I feel very uncomfortable with her touching, toggling my balls. So I thought, well, maybe I'll like, maybe I'll just try to like get some enjoyment out of this. <laughs> Because I thought, well, wait a minute. It's the first time that this isn't a dude toggling my balls at the doctor. Maybe that's why I'm always so uncomfortable. Because it's a grown-ass man toggling my balls when I'm a child. I mean, I had weird memories of, like, being a kid. And my friend's dad is the doctor. And so he's toggling my... Like, he's seen my balls. Like, you'd... Not many people can say, oh, my friend's dad's seen my balls. And cupped them multiple times. Once a year, at least. So, like, I think from an early age, it's a weird, like, ball-toggling, uh, you know, I wouldn't say trauma, that's a bit of a stretch, but just a ball-toggling uh, uncomfortable, uncomfortableness, un- weirdness. And then, you know, again, having a guy who was like, my doctor after that in, in Burn Hills was a student of my dad's, and a really super nice guy, a really good doctor, and but it was also still just like, oh, man, he's going to, like... You know, we're talking about school and things that I want to do with my life. And then, like, okay, time to touch your balls. We have to, like, imagine if you go to a dinner party and you're having, like, a nice conversation about life, work, school, your goals, your dreams. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, well, it's 8.15. Got to cup your balls now before you leave. Turn and and cough. Turn to the right and cough. So it was always weird. with all these dudes. And then then this guy in Charlotte who was really a weird guy. And I just, you know... At least these other two, it was almost like not so bad because there's some familiarity. Like, eh, Dr. Phelps, he's a good guy. He's my friend's dad. He's not going to do anything weird. And then the other one is, you know, knows my dad. He's a nice guy, too. He's not going to do anything weird. And then the guy in Charlotte, it's like, I don't know this guy. What's he, you know, 
What if what if he got what if he went all the way to med school and you know the, the the four years of undergrad and then the four years of med school and then like the residency for multiple years and then like all the debt and struggling and working in a hospital and then finally getting his own practice? What if that's all just a big ploy to get to to toggle my balls? I don't know. I don't know what his angle is. So I've always had weird you know feelings about going to the doctor and having them toggle my balls. And so here I am. And it wasn't even, it was the, you know, it was the, the, the phys- physician's assistant. It wasn't even a doctor. It was like, oh, man, is this, like, even weirder? Because she's not a, there's just something different. Like, oh, well, it's no big deal. It's the doctor toggling my balls. It's not like it's, you know, the receptionist. It's not like it's the admin toggling my balls. It's the, it's the, it's the doctor. But this time it's the physician's assistant who's who trained in all the ways of the, you know, the st- is able to administer all the same things that the doctor does and provide expertise and so forth. But it still it was just like, oh, God. Uh, you know, I thought, like, maybe that wasn't part of the exam anymore. And so she says, okay, time to time to step up on the thing here and, uh, you know, take off your take off your gown. I'm like, okay. Like, you need me to... I gotta, I gotta take everything off, too? Yes. Unless you can think of a better way for me to get to those balls. I think you're going to need to take off the old undies, Johnny boy. She didn't say that exactly, but it was uh, pretty close. Pretty much verbatim. Uh, so, so yeah. So I, so I take down the, uh, the trousers there, the, the trunks. And, uh, and then there she is, there she is toggling my balls, and I thought, oh, this is so fucking weird. And I thought, but it's the first time that a, that a female has toggled my balls <laughs> in a medical setting. So maybe I'll just try to, like, I'll, I'll just try to enjoy the ride. I thought, okay. Bad idea, because then a new problem presented itself, and that would have really been odd, uh, because, you know, once I... I started to uh, get into that zone, that mindset, and I thought, nope, nope, can't do that. Can't enjoy this. It's supposed to be uncomfortable because if I do enjoy this, then it's really going to get uncomfortable for both of us. Suddenly, you know, I, I you know, ET shows up. If you know what I mean, do I have to say it? Do you, when I say ET, I mean, is is that enough? <laughs> Anyways. So, so she's, she's toggling the balls. I thought, okay, let's make this not awkward. I'll try to enjoy it. That doesn't work. And then it went back. To, it actually then became doubly awkward because now I just had the, the previous, you know, the initial layer of awkwardness was just I met the doctor having my balls toggled, and it's always a weird feeling because that's, you know, that's my, per, that's my bathing suit area, and nobody should touch that bathing suit area without my permission. And, of course, I've given the doctor, I've given this person permission uh, it's still weird. And then I thought, well, let's enjoy it. And then that got, nope, oh, nope, we're going down a, we're going down a, a, uh, a steep hill or going up a steep hill here, if you will. And, uh, let's not have that happen because then it's really going to get strange. And, uh, so, you know, it was bad enough, like, she already, who cares, you're going to learn way too much about me, she had already clipped uh, one of my, one of my toenails before that, and uh, because I, I was worried that something, one of my, didn't seem right, and I said, hey, can you, what do you think about that, can you take a look at that, it looks a little off to me, and she said, okay, I'll go get my nail clippers, I'll need to send a sample to the lab, and I said, nah, never mind, that's not that, really not that big of a deal, I, I'm not dying from this, 
and I really, really, really don't want to make you have to sit here at like, why don't I clip my own nail? And then she's like, nope, that's what I'm paid to do. That's what I'm here to do. I'm like, no, let's not. And then she came back with a brand new fresh nail clipper. And then I had to like put my foot up on her leg and then she's clipping my nail. And I'm like, and then I'm just, honestly, I was sitting there apologizing the whole time, which made it, I'm sure, way worse for her instead of just pretending that this wasn't happening, pretending that this doctor who's probably, or this physician's assistant who's probably half my age, instead of just pretending that this wasn't happening and just let her, you know, clip my disgusting nail and then get the fuck out of there. Uh, instead, I'm just like, I'm, I'm literally, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. This is like nothing. I'm like, I I know, but it's please like nobody's had to cut any of my any nails since I was probably like five years old. So this is really just like weird. And I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, it's okay. That's what I signed up to do. And I said, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to tell myself that, but I still, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm still feeling really bad about this. I'm really sorry. Are you almost done? Do you have enough for your sample? Because this, and she's like, oh, almost there. I'm like, okay. And she's like, you know, I should get the right foot just in case. And I'm like, what? Why? Why? You don't need to do that. Just the left one was the only one I was concerned about. Why? Well, just to have a, a comparison, just to see if there's anything to worry about or if it's really nothing. And I'm like, I really, it's really nothing, and I wish I had not even said anything because it's so nothing that uh, if I could go back in time, if I knew that this was the scenario I would be in with my foot on your lap while you are clipping my toenail like I'm a fucking four-year-old, uh, I really would have uh, done things differently. So so all of this in the same visit, uh, she gets to clip my t- toenail, uh, and then and then after that, like, hey, let me just wash up, and then I, I finished... I finish with your uh, Manny Petty. Let me come back and uh, and get a good handful of those nuts. So that was cool. That was a cool day at the old Doctor Reno, and uh, yeah. And then you know, almost uh, forcing myself to get aroused, and then realizing that's a terrible idea. Uh, you know, th- thinking things, not thinking things through, and then um, and so I did not get aroused. I stopped that from happening with the power of my mind, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then that was it. And then I and then I just kept I just kept saying I'm sorry. And I didn't at this point I didn't even know why. I was just saying I'm sorry to to this poor girl. I'm like I'm really sorry. I'm sorry about every I'm sorry for everything. I'm just sorry for everything. Whatever you think I should be sorry for, I am absolutely sorry for it. For the toe, for the balls, for the yeah, for everything. And uh, I'm never coming back here again. You don't have to worry about that. And uh, she sent me on my way. And so that was a good fun day at the doctor. And then, uh, you know, Kimmy got a kick out of the story, though, so I guess that was fun. <sighs> but I'm healthy. Balls are good. The whole thing. It's all good. Everything's good. Got some good, healthy balls. Did you like that? Did you like Did you like my ball story? Do you enjoy Do you want more stories about my toenails and my balls? I, I'm going to guess yes, but I don't I don't know much about the uh, the common man. I don't know what it is that, that people people want to hear. The average listener, the common man. 
What an arrogant prick. What a prickish thing to say, the common man. Aren't I the common man? I'm uncommon in some ways. Often I feel I don't belong on this planet, but I think I'm just as much of the common man as anyone, just because I hate birds and summer and barbecues and the beach and the ocean and the pool and birds and flowers. Did I mention that I hate flowers? I do hate flowers. It's just like, you know, it's enough. We get it. Like, colors, great. You do, you know, who cares? Who needs? Look, I know we need flowers for something. Like the bees, the bees and the pollination, and it's the whole circle of life. So great. Flowers, you know, exist somewhere. That's fine. I just don't like them near me. I don't like to look at them. If they exist, that's fine. If they exist somewhere in somebody else's yard and I got a golf course and a Disney World or something, okay, great. Fucking flowers everywhere. I just don't like them. I've never wanted, I've never enjoyed flowers. I've never wanted flowers. I, I, you know, all that fucking work too. If you have like your own flower garden and you gotta like tend to it all the time, it's just like, it's not worth it for me. Anyway, so yeah, so I'm the, uh, you know, pretty, pretty common stuff for me. Birds, flowers, sunshine, summer, warmth, uh, the laughter of children, pools, beaches, oceans, uh, you know, all that shit can go to hell. Yeah. I, I didn't used to care. I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if, like, the amount of time that I have spent in Florida has ruined all of that. You know, we most recently was, like, two years we were there. And it's uh, it's a lot of all of that stuff. <laughs> Pools, beaches, sand. And just going there was just, you know, such a schlep. We had a, you know, Cameron was a baby, so it wasn't even fun to go to the beach. It was just like, hey, let's go do all the same work and having to constantly monitor this small baby, except let's go to a beach and do it where there's water that she can just run right out into. That'll make it even more fun. And then we can, afterwards, we can come home and we can clean up all the sand. It's going to be awesome. It'll be in our car. It'll be everywhere. And then, you know, and then all you see all over Florida is like, you know, there's no relief from the warmth. And there's just flowers everywhere, and it's just green, and it's heat, and it's sun, blazing sun, and, uh, you know, it's just all of the things that I now hate. So I'm sure there's some kind of correlation there. But there's one thing that Florida now has uh, that it, it didn't have when I was down there. I'm surprised. It had gators. I saw gators out on our walks sometime, and certainly plenty of meth, particularly in, uh, in Port St. Lucie, where I live. That's like... Uh, Stewart, Florida, where I worked, was like the sailfish capital of the world. And Port St. Lucie, uh, PSL, otherwise known as the Pizzle, uh, was the, like the meth capital of... Uh, I don't know if it was the meth capital of the world. I doubt that. Probably just the meth capital of St. Lucie County because when you go to like the next you know, Indian River or something like that or Fort Pierce, and it's like, uh, this is pretty methy too. There's like a lot of methy vibes in Florida if you're not like, you know... At the fucking Magic Kingdom, you get out outside of all that shit, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's pretty methy. Uh, but now they have the meth gators, so you combine. I like. I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's ever been a more me- a more Florida thing than the meth, than the meth gator. Uh, even though this is like in Tennessee, they're asking this in Tennessee. Does Tennessee have gators? Well, anyway, uh, don't. Don't uh, flush your meth down the toilet uh, because it could create meth gators. 
which I wonder, is that really so bad? Because then, like, don't their teeth fall out? And then, so it won't be that bad. If they bite you, you might actually survive. Anyway, I don't know if there's a more Florida thing than the meth gator. And uh, and then recently, who the fuck? Rebecca? My, my BFF Rebecca had a video. And this was actually in Port St. Lucie. Some guy on his screen, there's crabs everywhere. Crabs up and down the screen, crabs in the ground underneath, lifted a box, and there's just crabs scurrying, and like they're good sized crabs. And like, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people go to Florida. You might, uh, yeah, there's there's crabs in Florida, all right. There's there's plenty of crabs to be had, but this is a this is a this is a crab of a different kind. I don't know what this, I don't even know why I'm mentioning these things. Meth gators, crabs crawling all over the place just yeah and i i think uh somewhere along the way between all of that and then the birds and the flowers and stuff i just uh yeah i grew to i grew to not like any of that i wanted to get the fuck as far the fuck away from florida as possible after two straight years you know it's one thing when you go down there once in a while you know a bunch of times a year and like you know, living there where you just you can't leave and you're just stuck and it's just you're in florida you're in port st lucie and you you know, uh, you know when you're in Port St. Lucie because it smells like urine, Port St. Lucie. <laughs> That's my joke going back to when I lived in Port St. Lucie, and I would tell that to everybody, and they all loved it. And uh, on the first day when we, when we first arrived in Port St. Lucie, I'm going to tell this one story. Then I'm going to ta- stop talking about Port St. Lucie. Although, okay, Florida, we got uh, endless stories with bank life. Great friends that I worked with, you know, at, at Seacoast, just, just you know, tons of great people there and so many fun memories and funny stories and bank life and all this stuff. And, you know, let's be honest, like, Cam took her first steps in Florida. Kaylin was born in Florida. Like, we have some pretty damn good memories in Florida for a place that I really fucking hate and I couldn't wait to get out of there and I've not been back since. Uh, it was it was, it was was pretty good to us. Um and, but on the first day, when we first arrived in Florida, I had to go to the town hall, to the St. Lucie County town hall. And, you know, for any number of reasons, get the utilities squared away, get the water turned on, which was great because you had to pay like $50. And they're like, all right, the water guy will be over uh, whenever he can get to it. Like, you can't just, like, turn the fucking, I don't have water, and I don't know when I'm going to, when am I going to have it? Like, eh, it could be a couple days before he gets over there. And they were right, it was a couple days. And then he came over, and he lifted up the little lid of the water thing outside, and he stuck his little stick in with the hook, and he flipped the switch, and then we had water. And I'm I'm sure he was doing a lot of really important life-saving things in those two days that he couldn't get over. Anyway, while I was at the town hall at Port St. Lucie, the St. Lucie town hall, uh... (laughs) Some dude came up to me in the parking lot. So this is literally my first day. Like we drove down, spent the night in some shitty hotel in in Port St. Louis and Stewart. I don't know. And then the next day we had our movers coming with all our shit, and we had it was just crazy, crazy, crazy running all over the place. And uh, one of the things that I had, you know, we need water. We need like we need all this stuff. Got a baby. Got this. You know, got to eat. Got to whatever. We gotta live in a in a house. Gotta have a thing. So uh, that was one of the first things that I did was go over to the town hall, and so I'm like not even in this place for you know not even in the town of Port St. Lucie for you know, I'm I'm there for all of 20 minutes, and 
and this guy comes up to me in the parking lot and he's asking if I know where the town clerks, you know, this and that, and then to get the tax assessors. I'm like, I dude, I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where any, I, I said, I, I just like, you're seeing me, you are seeing me in my first seconds of living here as a resident of this place. I just got here. I'm just getting out of my car. This is the first stop. I don't know. I don't know where McDonald's is, let alone where, you know, the town assessor, the bullshit is. And he goes, he just stops and dead in his tracks. And he goes, you're just moving here? I'm like, yes. And he goes, so this is your first day here? I'm like, that's what I said, buddy. And he goes, oh, man. He's like, so you live in Port St. Lucie? And I'm like, that would be a reason for me being at their town hall. Yes, sir. And he goes, ah, oh, well, welcome to Port St. Lucie. Get ready for a fucking. And I stopped. I was like, get ready for, like, I'm going to get fucked by the city? Or are you, should I start running? Should I just be running? Because he was a rather large man. I was rather, you know, he blocked out the sun. He was a tall fellow. And, uh, and not terribly young. I think I could have, I could have fended him off. If that's if that's the direction that this story went, luckily it didn't. And then he proceeded to pull out his uh, his property assessment from last year and from the guy who owned the house. And his house, you know, was he bought it for for like thirty thousand dollars, and that's not even a joke. Back in two thousand ten, you could you know you could buy up fifty percent of Port St. Lucie was uh, foreclosed foreclosures and like abandoned houses and all that shit. Uh, you could have you could have bought half the town for for nothing. Anyways, uh, and it would be worth just slightly, slightly more than nothing, I think, right now. Uh, so he showed me his, uh, my ta- they took taxes and they took this and they had, and it was worth this and they appraised it for this. And I'm like, dude, I don't I fucking, I gotta go. I gotta go. I would actually, and now I'm at the point where I wish that you were just having sex with me because that would have been less painful than what we're going through now. I wish that you were. That when you said get ready for a fucking that you meant you were gonna fuck me because that that would have been easier and less pain than having to look at your fucking tax documents and listen to your story of when you moved here and how much the house was and how much the taxes like can we next time just next time just put your dick in my ass okay so that's not as bad for me so I feel less violated but on the bright side it really uh, it was it set the stage nicely for life in the pizzle. Because I did, I knew what to expect at that point, and that was exactly what we got. Just, uh, oh, just an interesting place. And now it's crawling with crabs and meth gators. Well, it was crawling with crabs then, but now it's crawling with like actual crabs from the sea uh, now. So, and and potential meth gators. Um, so that's that's cool. Go go pizzle. <laughs> Let this play for a sec. Haven't heard this one in a while. Woo, woo. So good. What do you want to talk about? What do you want me to talk about? You don't get to talk about shit. Got, uh, Let's talk about. I'm gonna talk about OJ, cause why not? He's the fucking. He's the murderer who keeps on giving. 
Let OJ. Jesus Christ, look what's doing outside this window. I'm sitting here looking out the window. This broad's walking her dog. Boy, close your mouth. What are you trying? I mean, thanks for catching all the flies so we don't have to have them on us. But Jesus, maybe she's just trying to just inhale as much of that disgusting, hot, fucking awful 90 degree. 90 degrees at 7 o'clock at night air that's uh, that's happening out there. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 88. Uh, but it feels... Oh, but it feels like 100. I knew it felt like more than 88 when I was out there earlier. Uh, but but enough about her. Who gives a shit? She's just trying to... You know what she's doing? She's trying to live her life and walk her dog and mind her own business. But little did she know, she stumbled across the Birthday Boy podcast. And uh, I couldn't help but notice that her mouth was wide open. I'm not sure why. It wasn't a yawn. I, I watched because I, I don't like to... I don't want to judge yawners. You can't help a yawn. I'd rather judge everybody else, but I'm not going to judge a yawner for yawning. You can't control that typically. You just yawn. Uh, but I I watched for a good a couple seconds there. Uh, no no yawn lasts as long as her uh, as her mouth was wide open. Nice looking chompers though. Definitely not a meth gator. Uh, so OJ. <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna read. I'm gonna read some of this article. Fuck it, because he had a Twitter video. I think I'll probably play that too. Listen to this. I don't know how I missed this, by the way. June 17th, O.J. Simpson's Twitter account threatens man with knife emojis, and I was wondering too because O.J. had he had like an uh, some kind of video the other day. You know, all of his videos are really good. Mm. Oh, that's cool and refreshing. Makes for good good radio, too. When I stop to just take a drink of water, I could... It's not like I'm live or anything. I could just hit stop, and I could go back, and I could drink my water, and then go back like you'd never... You'd never know. But I want to give you... I want to give you the raw... I want to give you the raw birthday boy. Ball toggling, drinking water, you name it. Port St. Lucie, get ready for a fucking... Just the raw... The raw truth. That's what we do here on the Birthday Boy podcast. So OJ had a video uh, recently, and he's talking about, like, my Twitter was hacked the other day. Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. Which is just, that's uh, never happens, and that's the great excuse that anyone can use when they say something or do something shitty, and they're fucking idiots and assholes, and they get called out, well, it was hacked. I don't know what that even means. It just was. O.J. Simpson's Twitter account allegedly sent, and this is from the New York Post, June 17th, New York Post, Bruce Golding writes, O.J. Simpson's Twitter account allegedly sent a series of menacing direct messages, including a string of 16 knife, (laughs) 16 knife emojis and the warning that I will find your ass and cut you. to a parody account that skewers the disgraced football star over his acquittal in the 1994 slayings of ex-wife Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Do you remember when I first played OJ on this podcast and he's talking about all the the fake accounts out there and I got a lot of getting even to do? How could you fucking forget that? Well, I guess this is what what he was referring to because, uh, yeah, I guess he thinks that people are not ever supposed to have a parody account of anyone or anything 
especially OJ. I mean, what what could anybody possibly do to parody OJ Simpson? He's the least parodyable person out there because he's never done anything ridiculous or awful or stupid, and he's not a piece of shit at all, and he's not like just a perfect target for ridicule in any way, shape, or form. He's just completely on the up and up. So I don't even know why people would waste their time with parody accounts. It's just crazy. Uh, the shocking threats uh, were contained in a pair of videos posted on the at uh, Killer OJ Simpson Twitter page on Monday, which also marked the 25th anniversary uh, of the infamous slow speed chase uh, of a white Ford Bronco that ended with Simpson's arrest on murder ch- charges. So this uh, fake OJ, Killer OJ, <laughs> I'm I'm OJ. If if it wasn't already taken, I think the real OJ would have been better off choosing at Killer OJ Simpson. But obviously it was already taken. Uh, so Killer OJ Simpson, the fake OJ, writes, um, yeah, the real at the real OJ32, that's his Twitter, just sent this scary ass DM threatening uh treating treating me. That's probably supposed to, threatening me to delete my parody account. Watch the video. Uh, so then so he's got this whole video and he's showing the direct message. I, I don't feel like playing the video, but I do see so OJ writes to this fake OJ, killer OJ. Delete this account, or I'll have my lawyer remove it for false, false misleading content I didn't post. And then the fake guy, the killer OJ, says, And if I don't, you're going to stab me too? <laughs> and this kid continues, uh, In reality, I ain't lying. Me and millions know the truth. You tripping over a parody account. LOL. Welcome to Twitter, bruh. So then o- OJ says, Like I said, Delete this, quote, parody account, as you call it, or face serious consequences by me. I'll find your ass one way or another, so don't mess with me. I got nothing to lose. Grow up. And then <laughs> this kid posts a thumbs up with a knife emoji, and then OJ responds with a knife emoji. And then the fake killer OJ account guy says, what, you gonna kill me too? What, you gonna kill me too? See, this is the shit that got your ass locked up the second time and shouldn't, should have been the first. Get it together and take your pills, bruh. It's a parody account. So, so then OJ responds, Think I'm playing, motherfucker? So the article... <laughs> we'll get back to this exchange in a sec. So other content on the parody page includes a pinned tweet of Father's Day video that Simpson 71 posted on Saturday. That was the first video he posted. That's the first one we played here on the special Father's Day edition of the Birthday Boy podcast. Only this doctored video that this uh, this fake OJ guy has, Killer OJ, has added audio of someone repeatedly screaming, Police, help, in the background. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The videos posted by at Killer OJ Simpson show that the messages it received came from Simpson's at the real OJ32 account, which he created last week. So, so the, the killer OJ fake guy says, you tripping over parody account, welcome to Twitter, brah, as we just said. OJ says, like I said, delete this parody account and face the consequences. I'll find your ass one way or another. Don't mess with me. I got nothing to lose. Grow up. And, uh, yeah, think I'm playing, motherfucker. And then this kid writes back, seen that video, or excuse me, OJ then writes, seen that video you posted about me. You think I'm playing? Tired of all your bullshit. And then in caps, I will find your ass and cut you. Don't believe me? Just watch and see, bitch. Another message from Simpsons account says, Oh yeah, de- 
at this point, uh, obvious hack, big time hack. I mean, duh, it was probably the real killer. Uh, so the parody account wrote back, dude, there are others that literally have more followers than me and more convincing than mine. LMAO, you're going to cut me? Awesome. Is that what you said to Nicole? And then the response, uh, the, the video that this kid posts, shows the response that was a string of 16 knife emojis and the ominous words, you next. <laughs> Uh, the exchange continues with the parodist declaring that this is actually funny to me and a message from Simpsons account saying, you just wait, I'm going to blast your ass all over Twitter. Is that like the OJ version of welcome to Port St. Lucie get ready for a fucking, I, I think it might be a little different. Uh, the video ends with a pending message from Simpsons account and at killer OJ Simpson tweeted later. Uh, I have a third DM video I haven't posted yet, which might reveal on a new, cr newly created YouTube page, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So nothing, nothing to see there. <laughs> nothing, that's, that's nothing, uh, nothing weird about that. Just OJ, OJ being OJ, man. He's a, he's a prankster. He just likes, he's like Michael Jackson. He just likes playing. OJ probably missed out on maybe not his childhood, but you know the last uh, dozen years or so. Um, I forgot why he wasn't home for some reason. He was, you know, locked up for sports memorabilia slash stabbing two people. Uh, but he's just a playful guy, you know. Come on, Naked Gun movies. He's fun loving OJ. Michael Jackson, the same thing. Come on, Captain EO. I don't know what uh, everybody's all hot and bothered. I don't think these are threats. I think it's just oh, just OJ having some fun. I was just joking around. I got hacked. Or maybe, you know who probably hacked me? Probably the real killer. I mean, wouldn't you say if he went and killed two people and then I got in trouble for it and had to go to court over this murder that I didn't commit that someone else definitely did? Wouldn't you think the real killer's out there? making up all kinds of fake accounts himself and then hacking into my account and sending little knife pictures to this kid that I'm going to slash and slice and dice when I find him. I mean, I mean, when the real killer finds him, that's, that's who I'd be worried about. We ought to be trying to track down whoever hacked into my account because that's the real killer, I'm sure. I'm sure whoever sent those 16 knife emojis is the real killer. Hmm. I, I wonder what uh, I wonder what the real OJ had to say about all of this. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Hello, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Hi, OJ. You know, in the last forty-eight hours, I've learned that uh, you're never too old to learn. Mm. Um, two days ago was my birthday, and I got hacked in my computer. <laughs> uh, I probably got more duped than hacked. In any event, oh. uh, they got into all my information. Oh. Fortunately for me, oh. my bank alerted me that there was a charge to uh, coming in from Europe. Oh, thank goodness. Euros, and they didn't uh, honor it. Great. Uh, so, I so OJ got... I got hacked. More like duped. I got duped and hacked. Then I got hacked some more and then duped. What the fuck does that mean? I got hacked. Not really hacked. Duped. Duped is more like it. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, when I, when I was tweeting with the real killer O.J. Simpson, I thought, this is definitely a fake account because I'm the real killer O.J. Simpson. Not this motherfucker pretending to be me. I did all that hard work stabbing Ron and Nicole, and then this guy's called himself the real killer O.J. Simpson. 
I wanted that Twitter handle, and come to find out, I get out of prison, go, go join up on Twitter, and then that OJ real killer OJ is taken. That's the real, that's the real tragedy in this whole thing, if you ask me. The second tragedy is I got hacked. I got duped, and I got hacked, and I got hacked, and I got duped. And the, but the best thing about it is, even though they hacked into every single one of my files and all my computers, and they had access to my bank account and all my finances and my money, they didn't take a dime. All they did was send 16 knife emojis to some kid claiming to be the real killer OJ when we know he's not because that's me. Or rather, I should say, that's not me. That's the real killer who's out there somewhere. Maybe this kid is the real killer. We should go track him down and see if he's the one who killed Ron and Nicole. Sure, he sounds like he's maybe 19 or 20 years old. Might not have even been born when I killed Ron. I mean, when the real killer killed Ron and Nicole. But we should go talk to him anyway. Maybe slap him around a little bit. Maybe even stab him once or twice. Or maybe 16 times. Anyways, the great news is all that the hackers did was get into my a computer, and leave my bank account and my finances alone, and all they did was tweet that one message to that one kid with a bunch of knife emojis. I don't even know what that is. Uh, anything else? Real killer OJ? I mean, real OJ that you'd like to say? So I really didn't lose anything except some time and stuff. Oh. But uh, the problem was I was traveling the next day, which was yesterday, and uh, I had to get some cash from my friends. I think I was in good shape. Little did I know. Uh, you know, there's companies in America that will not accept the American dollar for goods or services. Really? Mm. I mean, at one point, I couldn't even buy a bottle yeah. of water. Well. You know, I, I, I just thought, well, when did the American dollar get usurped? Uh, I grew up when did the American dollar get usurped? What was that shrieking in the background? Is somebody getting shanked? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that any companies in the United States will honor the U.S. dollar, OJ. I'm pretty, what do I know? I haven't been, I haven't, uh, patronized every company in the United States. Um, I can only go by the 100% of the companies that I've ever used inside this country and all of whom have accepted, uh, the U.S. dollar in some way, shape or form. <laughs> I couldn't even buy a bottle of water. I went into the store and said, here, I'm OJ. I'd like to buy this water. And the kid behind the counter just locked the register and ran out the door and said, uh-uh, your money's no good here, killer. And I thought, well, it's awfully nice of him to call me pet names. I, I like to say things like champ and sport. Killer maybe not be not one of my favorite sayings to use, but uh, okay. So I said, well, well, come back soon, sport, so I can pay for my water. Evidently, he never came back. Must be one of those convenience stores, one of those 7-Elevens that doesn't take the American dollar because I couldn't buy my gas or my bottle of water. So yeah, fuckface. I think everybody takes the fucking American dollar, you stupid asshole. Maybe they just don't want anything to do with you. It's a weird concept that you seem to be the last person on earth who's able to grasp, but nobody wants fucking anything to do with you. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, you'd think maybe maybe they don't want to do, deal with OJ because they're all trying to find the real killer. Oddly enough, OJ is not. He's traveling and golfing and golfing and golfing and golfing and, uh, and cutting that birthday cake. 
and uh, and not sending knife emojis to fake OJ accounts. Uh, I grew up. They said cash was king. I guess now it's been relegated to a duke or an earl. In any event, I know there's a lot oh, of man. Americans that don't have credit cards, and I just didn't think All right. it was right. Who gives a shit about it? I didn't think it was fair that they didn't take OJ's money. In fact, almost every American company these days doesn't accept the U.S. dollar. Because if I go to a restaurant to try and eat, they don't want to take my money. If I go to a gas station and get a bottle of water, they don't want to take my money. Does anybody accept American cash anymore? Because nobody's taking it from me. I guess nobody takes the U.S. dollar anymore. I guess it used to be cash was king, but now it's a duke or an earl. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> Oh, yeah, crank it. Yeah. Man, we're going, going back in time a little bit with some of these tunes. Oh. This is like 2005, 2006. Good stuff. I love those shiny toy guns. Uh, all right, I want to go. I'm gonna go soon, but I want one. I want to do one more thing. Oh, you know what? I, I gotta do two more things. But first, I'm gonna do some sounding board theater. You like that? You want some sounding board theater? All right, let's fade the fuck out of here. I haven't heard that tune in forever. It's good stuff. Uh I kind of cut OJ short. <laughs> cut OJ. Um, yeah, I can. I can only take so much. I mean, it's fun to do, but like, it's after a while, it gets kind of dark for me, to be honest. Because you know, because of the murdering and all, and pretending that that didn't happen, and just uh, we're just out on the golf course. Uh, hello, Twitter world. Like, who the fuck does he think? Who does he think is fucking like? Oh yeah, another OJ. Yes. He has, I don't even know, last I checked it was like half a million followers, it's probably way more than that now. Do you think there's more than like zero people? Is the over-under, the over-under is zero on number of people who are following OJ because they're just fascinated by just like, wow, this murderer is just out here having a fucking great old time. Two people, two people are dead for 25 years and their families have suffered immensely and irreparable just ways that you can't even, most people you hope can't even imagine. And this fucking guy's like, I'm cutting cake, or Michael Jackson's a great dude, bro. Camp good times out here on the golf course. Like, what the fuck? It's it's bizarre. So let's switch over to uh, another, another great, uh, sometimes this place gets dark too, which is the sounding board, the Nashua Civic Sounding Board. I'm going a little bit into the archives because there's one particular character on the sounding board who's just perpetually um, just negative and horrible and mean to everybody. Uh, anytime anything is posted about LGBTQ stuff, like Nashua had its second annual Pride Parade this past June, which is awesome. 
Um, unfortunately, it's the weekend. It's like the twenty. It's the last weekend in June, and the last two week two summers we were on our way south, so we haven't been able to attend. Uh, but I, I used to love taking the kids to the Pride Parade in Charlotte, and it's, you know it's, it's awesome, good fun time. She always posts an angry. She always reacts with an angry emoji. Emoji anytime the mention of the parade or anything even remotely related to LGBT, anything, anything, anything. She's always angry, and people who are, you know, noobs show up and like, I can't believe there's an angry emoji, and then everybody has to, res- oh, that's, we know who that is without even looking. Uh, that's Carol. Carol uh, I don't mind saying her fucking name. She's out there on the sounding board being, uh, you know, fucking filled with hate, so who gives a shit? Um, and then, and she also, anytime anybody asks uh, you know, hey, I need a need a suggestion on where I can go to to get uh, you know when my walls. Who who can I hire to paint my walls or you know somebody? I need somebody to take out my trash every week. I don't fucking know any any number of things that people just need around town around their neighborhood. Um, and she will respond. Not so much anymore, but she used to just her. She would be the first response because I think she just sits around doing nothing except waiting to to bitch at people on the sounding board. Uh, she would sit and wait, and she would respond, "Why don't you do it yourself?" Uh, every every fucking one was just, "Hey, uh, do you know where I can hire somebody to mow my lawn? Do it yourself." Every fucking every fucking thing. Uh, so and then and then just out of nowhere, she would just show up with ridiculous. Okay, this is from September of last year. Carol Lahru, Lahra. Uh, my buddy Alex calls her Carol Lahorcrux, Carol Lahorer. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to call her. She's a real big douche. And uh, so Carol asks on the sounding board last September, and this wasn't a joke. This was like, she's dead serious. She's not, there's not a funny, humorous, sarcastic bone in her body. Just, just mostly filled with hate and anger and negativity. Uh, And unless, of course, you call her out on her negativity or, you know, respond in a similar way to the way that she responds to most people, then she gets really upset. Like, why is everybody mean to me? So Carol writes, If anyone is missing a dove, it flew into my house through my screen door. If you are missing it, and then in big caps, please describe it. And uh, then the first, the first response, somebody named Pete writes, was there a message attached to it? I sent that to my ex-wife 10 years ago. Let me know. Her response, no messages attached. Damn, I'll have to check a bottle on the beach then. Uh, somebody else writes, it is gray and has wings. Where can I pick him up? Nope, wrong answer. Uh, but then there's good old Scott from last week, as you recall, Scott uh, carrying on about the uh, the noise and so forth. Scott says, make some pigeon stew. Pigeon tastes very similar to squirrel, which also tastes like chicken. Alyssa responds, a pigeon or a dove? And are those actual pets? Scott replies, they're vermin, but still edible. And then Carol's daughter writes, it is a dove, and yes, it is a pet. And food. No, it is not food, Scott. Well, I'd eat it. Uh, and then some asshole named John. I forgot I wrote this. 
writes, Where's a flapping dickie and a boomerang bow tie? Tells a lot of Catskill-era one-liners. Answers to Floyd. Last I saw him, he said he was going to Los Angeles to, quote, be somebody. But I told him the only thing he'd find out there is a broken heart and shattered dreams. If he's still at your house, tell him Johnny loves him and to come back home soon. Somebody writes, Wait, do people actually go around lying about dove ownership to scam a free dove? Ah, uh, classic. Rack him. Oh, man. And there's there's another one. This is from October. October 14th, 2017. Uh, I was going to save this for later, but it's it's too fucking good. This is one of the best ones, I think. Uh, Carol. Carol. Posted. Uh, walking my service dog and found this. This is not, not accepted. And she tagged the mayor and her daughter in the post. And what she found, and she posted a picture of two uh, Adirondack chairs, two plastic chairs, just, you know, lawn chairs uh, in the river, just a few, uh, a foot or two from the from the river bank, from the edge of the, the little walkway, little cement walkway that goes down there. And, of course, this is the same person who, whenever anybody posts anything, she says, do it yourself, do it yourself. Excuse me, do it yourself. Uh, so naturally, she posted that, and then everybody uh, jumped jumped on top of. Uh, I think everybody was scrambling to write the exact same thing, uh, and then the first comment, one of the first comments, is so maybe pull them out. Uh, next comment: Did you pick them up or just take a picture and post it? Next comment: So pull them out of the river. And so somebody says. Maybe someone put them there to sit by the river and some kids threw them in. You shouldn't assume that a person didn't want them and threw them in for garbage. It's still unacceptable. It's still in the water. Pull them out of the river, pull them out of the river. And then she writes, Carol writes, It's not the point how they got there. If they are still in or out, the point is disrespectful and unacceptable. Somebody writes, Be the change you want to see. And another person writes, It is the point, though. You're calling wind disrespectful? Must we always find something to be negative about? How about just pull them out and enjoy the beautiful leaves instead of bringing more negativity to the world? And this Facebook page. Come on, people. There's so much to be joyous about. Somebody says, It's called wind. Ha ha. Carol writes, Wind couldn't have done that. We haven't had a heavy windstorm in ages. Uh, and then there's a number of replies talking about uh, wind the other day pulled my pati- patio umbrella out of its stand and across the yard. So, yeah, a couple plastic chairs would have been nothing. So the question everybody's asking, did you kindly pull them out? Somebody else says, are you up all hours of the day knowing if we had strong winds? You don't need a storm to have strong winds. Somebody then Instead of complaining about the scenery, pull them out of the river. Post a new picture of your good deed. Pull them out of the river. Wipe them off. Sit down and reflect on the natural beauty around you. Uh, Carol's daughter then jumps in. Why is it that when someone posts something, it gets a shit ton of negative comments, but yet others that post get positive comments? First response. 90% of the time Carol is posting on this page, it's negative. Why is it okay for her to do it and not anyone else? Also, I don't think anyone's being negative, just stating that instead of complaining on Facebook about something, be the change and fix it. 
Somebody else wrote, seems someone like that doesn't belong in this group. Carol's daughter, it escalates real fast. First of all, bitch, Carol is my mother. And second of all, she is posting for the mayor to see and see if the city would do something instead if her picking them up, considering the fact that she is receiving for a major car accident. There's, uh, there's some misspellings and no commas, so I'm reading it exactly as it's written. And so the responses are as you would think. No need for name-calling. They tag the admin to try and sort this whole problem out. No need for name-calling. This post has gotten way out of hand. And then the daughter says, She's stating a fucking fact! And Carol's daughter continues, You guys are all lowlife and don't care about what people have to say for positive things. It's all about the negative. Uh, The response is, where is the positive thing? Did I miss it? The next comment. Raise your hand if you have all seen someone comment, do it yourself on this board in the past. Not only have I seen it, I've been subjected to it. So now I do it myself. Live free or die. The daughter So should we rename this the We All Know All but won't do anything to clean up Nashua Group since you all don't care how Nashua looks? We were all suggesting the chairs be removed from the water and to enjoy the nice view. And why don't you... (laughs) And this is the great part. The daughter says, Why... Chip off the old block. Acorn tree, all that. Why don't you go pick them up, Miss Know-It-All, but knows nothing? So now... (laughs) (laughs) Now the daughter of the woman who's notorious for only commenting either angry face emojis at the LGBT community or telling anyone who has a simple request or a question, do it yourself. Uh, Now her daughter, after complaining about the rudeness of the people telling her mother to pick the chairs up herself because she's the one who saw the chairs and took the picture and posted the picture instead of just... I'll just reach my little hand in, grab the chair, pull it out of the water, and be on my way. End of story. Now the daughter is saying, "Why don't, why don't you, <laughs> why don't we go, why don't you go do it yourself?" Oh, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Why don't you go pick them up? Miss Know It All, but knows nothing. Well, Carol walked by first and put out the notice. If I were the one walking by, I would have pulled them out and said, Good deed done. Not posted about it and complaining. Do it yourself, you fucking bitch! Ah, oh, that's awesome. Just every every time I think I'm going to just get out of this sounding board, it provides no no purpose for me. It's never actually helped me find a restaurant or anything around town. But then shit like that shows up, and I'm like, ah, how can I not have access to this? How can I deprive myself? And then you guys, for this wonderful material from the local fucking loony bin population here in good old Nashua. Read emails and texts. Is what it's, my notes are telling me. Whoops. Over 15 years we've talked about it all. Lower this a little bit. How about that? All right. So I got uh, 
Let's read. I'll read a little bit of feedback. Let's see. I did get some interesting emails to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. I haven't even mentioned that so far in this particular program. Uh, let's see. Amy. Oh, yeah, Amy Tig. Thanks for the shout-out on your podcast. I'm working on an ass-load of edits right now, so I've been catching up on some podcast greatness. I'm so glad that you agree it is much better and more amusing to surround yourself with people that hate the same things you do than people that like the same stuff. Absolutely. It's, again, all of my friendships, all the people that I hang out with, it's it's a common, like, hatred of the same things. Or maybe agreeing that it's more fun to, like, make fun of people as opposed to just kind of, like, sit and, uh, you know, talk about flowers and birds like a fucking asshole. Uh, on the subject, fuck beach volleyball, Amy writes, it sucks. By the way, oh, and she sent me the video of Big P's rant on Sammy Souser and says I will not mention my husband's actual name again. And I, for some reason I couldn't get the, the video to play. Even though it goes right to Facebook, I've seen it before. And it's a great, it's a fun rant. I'll try it, I'll try it next time. Perhaps I'll even play it here on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Uh, oh, and did I mention on the previous email, Amy said that I should use B-O-I, birthday B-O-I, boy, uh, which I did write to her. I'll consider the boy B-O-I spelling, like big boy from Outcast. I saw in the Urban Dictionary that boy, B-O-I, also means very boyish lesbian, to which I then wrote, well, if the shoe fits, dot, dot, dot. Uh, and then uh, in Amy's emails, she says, looking forward to some more podcast fun while working tomorrow. Peace out, you boyish lesbian, you. <laughs> uh, and I wrote back, what has two thumbs as a boyish lesbian and loves this email, as well as Big P ranting on Sammy Souser, this guy. Great email. It's great. Uh, I then got some. Oh man, these are some good ones. Somebody, some jokester, some prankster. Who, interestingly enough, his his name on his email is my name spelled backwards. That's the damnedest coincidence. And uh, where does it tell me? Fubirthdayboy at gmail dot com. Is the uh, is the official email address? <laughs> this person who writes, "Hey, fatty, started listening to the show, and I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. You said in the first one that there were going to be mentions of blowjobs. All we got is some fucking stupid story about a guy thinking he's gonna get a blowjob. After three episodes, I haven't heard you tell any more stories about blowjobs. What the fuck? More blowjob stories? Keep it positive. Fuck you." Uh, which I did respond to the email, and I wrote, Grandma, is that you? Another individual going by the name of Sexy Lexi with the email address hotforthebirthdayboy69 at gmail.com. Sexy Lexi and my name backwards, fuck birthday boy, or whatever your other email was. You're getting your wish, asshole, and reading your fucking emails on the air. Hey Johnny Boy, I don't usually do this, but after four shows, I just had to write in. Your voice is so sexy, and it turns me on every time I listen. I definitely would invite you to a blowjob party. Like wet water, I'm good going down. And your story about humping Foghorn Leghorn had me all hot and bothered thinking about you thrusting 
on that, <laughs> on that cock. Uh, some delicious wordplay. Anyways, I'm loving the show, and maybe sometime I can show you my kindness, and then parenthetically adds, that's what I call my big brown beaver, and have you show me some tips on eating abroad. Love, Sexy Lexi. Dude, there's like 57 Birthday Boy podcast references in that in that email. I can't, uh, that's fucking awesome. Fucking awesome, Mikey. I'm pretty sure it's Mikey. I think it's Crazy Mike. I think both of those are Crazy Mike. I thought the first one that said, hey, fatty, was from my buddy Mark, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not good at I'm not good at uh, sleuthing who's sending me hate mail, which is, it's really love mail disguised as hate mail, or hate mail disguised as love mail, or something like that. And they sure do love mails. They love this mail. This mail that's talking on the microphone right now. Good old Nate Duel writes, episode 12 was awesome. I feel like we are hanging out. Totally one of my faves. And I felt the same way. I thought episode 12 was good. And I said, uh, they can't all be home runs, but I felt pretty fucking good about this one. He goes, yeah, just do your best. Eventually, they'll all be home runs or at least triples. And I said, that was your cue to say, what are you talking about? They're already home runs, birthday boy. Haha, sorry, man. Fail. No, Nate, it's not a fail. You don't worry. I'm going to do my best. All I ask in return is home run or not, you come with me. Each and every one of you out there, take my hand, and I will guide you on this podcast journey. Super pretentious. I just thought I would try that for effect. So that's the emails. Them's them's the emails. Oh, and I did get a text from Shimo telling me that his beautiful wife, Stephanie, has become hooked on the Birthday Boy podcast. So I'd just like to say, hello, Stephanie. Your hair smells delicious. And thanks for listening. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Good stuff, man. This is a fun, this is a fun show. I'm having fun. I don't know why. I usually am miserable. I hate doing this podcast and I just start kicking and throwing things and screaming. Not today, though. <laughs> I think the only reason I've been happy is, knock on wood, <laughs> my computer hasn't froze. I tried something different this time. And that seemed to solve the problem. Let's hope. <sighs> It's so fucking weird to see Kemba Walker in a Celtics jersey. (coughs) Excuse me. Excuse me, baby. So fucking weird. Yeah, I'm talking about sports. I've I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks. I'm just going to talk about it. It's not going to be a long conversation, but... I'm, I'm a Hornets fan. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. Um, when we, when we lived in, uh, North Carolina, uh, I didn't, I, before then I didn't give two shits about the Bobcats. I didn't care too much about the Hornets other than playing in, in NBA Jam back in the day. 
Um, but my good buddy Albert Albert Fry, who I worked with at Bank of America, and uh, we used to tell every uh, anytime he would he would zing somebody, I would say, "Hey man, you should like just go around the office pranking people, and you can and your last name's Fry. You can just say you got fried every time you prank somebody." So I thought like you should go and take all of the lunches out of the break room uh, refrigerator, and then just leave people come in for lunch to get their bag lunch and all that shit and there should just be a post that that says sorry i ate all of your lunches you got fried signed albert quincy fry his middle name is not quincy i just didn't know his middle name so i started calling him albert quincy fry but he's such a good such a good dude and uh he was generous enough one time we were talking about the bobcats we were talking about we'd sit and chat talk about basketball talk about whatever and uh i mentioned like yeah one of these days i'd like to take cam you know she was only three at the time i'd like to take cam to go see a see a bobcats game and he said well why don't you take my tickets because he had the dude had season tickets so he had every ticket two tickets to every home game and he just gifted me these lovely tickets to see the orlando magic play the bobcats free of charge what a good dude man I did not get fried that time I got I got quincied <laughs> I was the recipient of Albert's immense generosity and wealth because clearly I was doing something wrong we were working in the same job and I did not have the ability to afford tickets season tickets to the Bobcats even when they were even the 2012 Bobcats which nobody wanted to see uh but Elbert did. Of course, Elbert had children who had flown the coop and was living that bachelor lifestyle. So his expenses and mine, probably a little bit different. Uh, but Elbert, so Elbert gifted me. I took Cam, little three-year-old Cam, went to her first basketball game and kind of oddly enough fell in love with the Bobcats because there's this youngster, this young fella fresh out of UConn, only I think in his second season with the team named Kemba Walker. Who was just dazzling, dazzling the crowd on the floor on the court, and they had some good players, uh, you know. And they would they would kind of like, they would they would they would just, they would just dip their toes in the water of being a good team every once in a while, and sometimes they would even get to the playoffs, and not go very far. But the one constant in all of that was Kemba. They had, you know, Josh McRoberts, who looks like a seven-foot-tall Charlie Day. Back in those days, when he was on the team, and a big, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Big Al Jefferson, and Gerald Henderson, and Bismack Biombo, who still who came back to the team. A- anyways, you don't care about all the players on the fucking 2012 Bobcats. I fell in love with the team, and really, Kemba Walker in particular. He was the heart and soul of the team, and he was the only reason that they ever, you know, were good at any game. You know, they had a, yeah, Henderson was okay here and there, and MKG, and some other, they had, like, you know, Jeremy Lin, that was kind of a cool season when he was there. They had Dwight Howard for a little bit, whatever. But Kemba was there. He was the one common thread, and he was the, he was the glue, and he was the guy who was just, you know, if, if points were being scored, you could thank Kemba, and if they were winning, you could probably thank Kemba most of the time. And goddammit, they fucking, they let that slip away. And now Kemba is a Celtic, which is cool because now I can watch Kemba Walker play basketball every night without having to have NBA League Pass to watch Hornets games. 
and I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I like to root for the Celtics. If I'm not rooting for the Hornets, if, if the Hornets aren't on, I'm happy to root for the Celtics. I like to see them do well. Uh, but, boy, geez, now that Kimba's on the team, I fucking love Kimba Walker. And it's it's still heartbreaking, though, to just see him in not a Hornets jersey, and this will be the first season without him. And it's weird, and it, it makes me feel weird, like a sick kind of feeling, like, oh, man, it, it almost reminds me of, like, the times that I moved, like, moving from New York. and mo- It's a weird thing, and moving from Charlotte to come take a job in Boston, just like Kimba Walker following in my footsteps. Can you imagine that? Just like I moved uh, from the Northeast to South Florida in 2010, uh, just just weeks later, LeBron James took his talents. Okay, I didn't move to South Beach, but still, same region. And I wasn't living in Cleveland, but anyways. You know, what can I say? I set the trend, and then the NBA, you know, these superstar players just follow. And, I, and then I come, you know, and move from Charlotte to... To, uh, to to work in Boston and live in Southern New Hampshire, the Boston area, and then of course a few years later, Kemba Walker, you know, he sees that uh, that I'm doing well and says, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be just like that birthday boy. I'm gonna be just like that Johnny boy. So welcome to Boston, Kemba. It's heartbreaking to not see you playing for the Hornets anymore. But the only thing sadder than me not getting to watch Kemba in a Hornets uniform is watching Kemba never win a fucking championship or even, you know, people don't win, not everyone wins a championship, but to even have, like, there's no chance to, to watch Kemba have no, year after year, just be as good as he is and then have zero chance to win a championship. And now he actually at least has a chance. So that's that's good. And that's uh, that's the only thing more heartbreaking than Kemba leaving the Hornets is Kemba staying with the Hornets and never winning anything and just being a really, really good player uh, who never wins anything. So welcome to Boston, Kimba, and uh, yeah, that's cool. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a weird conflict that I have where I was a Hornets fan, am a Hornets fan, but goddamn man, now he's now he's on the now Kimba's on the Celtics. It's really gonna be hard, especially that like fucking Michael Jordan. You let him you let him go, and now he's he, you know when the when the Celtics played the Hornets was like the only time that I didn't root for the Celtics, and that's gonna be tough. Because I really want to see Kemba just fucking go to Charlotte and just destroy the Hornets. <sighs> anyway, so there's there's uh, a part of the podcast that I'm sure everyone has skipped through. My opinion on Kemba Walker and the Boston Celtics and the Charlotte Hornets. A very brief opinion. I have a lots more thoughts, but I'm not... Uh, you don't need them. You don't need any more of my thoughts on Kemba Walker. That's, that's it. That's the most I'm going to say about Kemba. Congrats, Kemba. Good luck, Kemba. Welcome. Uh, yeah, and you will never, and I've said this, I said this when I lived there and this is like, it's almost a, it's like a back, it's a weird backhanded compliment to the city of Charlotte and the people of Charlotte. I've always, I said when I lived there about the basketball team, about the football team and any other team in that, that area, which is, it's, you know, NBA, it's the Hornets and the Panthers and the NFL, and they've got a minor league baseball team, which does fine, I guess. And uh, the hockey team's in Raleigh. So whatever. Uh, when I lived there, I said this: the Panthers and the Hornets will never, ever win championships, ever, as far as I'm concerned. And the reason for that is the city is it's too nice. The people, the people are too nice, is what I'm saying. The people who live there, it's a very you know, it's friendly, you know. Yeah, outside the city, it's the city limits. You're 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 back in the good old South, yeehaw. But 
the city of Charlotte itself is, you know, it's a nice little melting pot from all over the place, all over the country and all over the world. You know, it's a global banking hub. It's an airport hub. There's, you know, there's shit going on there. Um, but it's a very, it's a nice place. It's a, as in the people are nice. Their people are too friendly and they're very forgiving and they just, they're just happy. You know, uh, you, you gave it your best shot, Cam Newton and the Panthers. We still love you anyways. Even, even when you're being a big crybaby and losing and being a crybaby about losing, that's okay. You're our guy. We love you no matter what. And Hornets, ah, you know, you win some, you lose some. Maybe next time, ah, no big deal. We love you. We love coming out. It's a family, fun, friendly atmosphere, and we're just having a great old time. That's great. It was awesome because it was awesome to take Cam to basketball games because it was as fucking family-friendly as you could ever hope to imagine. It was just like a great atmosphere. It was a great family night to go to. If you could, if you're, you'll go to a Hornets game in Charlotte, if you go to a, you know, Panthers game, it's all good. Like generally speaking, it's really good family fun. But I think that's the kind of attitude that's, uh, you know, too forgiving and too accepting of, uh, losses and things like that. Nobody's, nobody really cares that much. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of bankers, a lot of banking folk who just go just for the sake of going. They're not like super duper diehard, hardcore, you know, it's not like a Boston or a Philly or a Chicago or these places, you know, Green Bay. They just, you know, live and die by their sports. A lot of these places, uh, you know, it's like, hey, cool. We have we have pro sports and it's fun to go to and I'll be angry if they lose, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Whereas people. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, the one and only of the last like five Super Bowls that didn't have Tom Brady in it, and they lost that playoff to Denver. And there were actually people at work uh, wearing black, and they were in mourning. Like it's it's no fucking joke. Uh, you don't see that in Charlotte, and that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. That's just that's the way it is, and that's nice. That's what people people move to Charlotte because it's a good family town to raise a family and all that shit. So is Boston. So is, you know, New Hampshire. These are great places to raise a family. But, uh, you know, there's a little, uh, you know, that kind of grittiness and things that, that uh, you know, Charlotte doesn't have quite as much. And it's 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 really just, you know, smiling and happy and go team, win, lose, or draw. We still love you anyways. And uh, so I, that's why I think just that attitude is there's not that sort of urgency like that literally like in Boston. Like, I'll fucking kill you if you don't win, the, you know, whatever. And uh, that's that doesn't exist in Charlotte, so they'll never win it. No Charlotte team will ever win a championship. That's my official birthday boy prediction for the rest until the end of time. That no team in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, will ever win any major sports championship. They w- might get to the big game, but uh, they will not win. That's and that's my that's been sports talk with Johnny Boy. Uh, switching gears about as drastically as you could, I suppose. Have you seen, like, this fucking Cats trailer? This movie? This is it playing right now. You can listen to it. And look. I don't get it. I, I've never... I don't understand Cats. I'll never understand Cats. I don't understand... Honestly, I don't understand a lot of the love for Andrew Lloyd Webber in general. I just, I don't, I find a lot of his stuff to be insufferable. I'm not like a, I'm not like a big, like, Broadway guy. I like Sondheim, baby. I, you know, I like West Side Story. I like uh, Sweeney Todd, you know, plays where they sing 
uh, you know, while there's knife fights and, you know, slitting people's throats and then cooking them for dinner after, you know, they go in for a haircut at the barber shop. You know, Lay Miz. That's one of the one of the all-time greats. Lay Miz. I know that's not Sondheim, but you know, uh, the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff is just like I. I can't stand the music. I can't. I just can't stand any of his stuff. And at the top of that list is Cats, which uh, look, I think Cats is a love it or hate it kind of thing. And the thing that I, I remember being a kid. I remember being like five years old and watching Transformers. Let's get this fucking. Yeah, oh, whatever. I, I, I get this off. Turn it down, anyways. I, I remember being a kid and watching Transformers on, uh, you know, WPIX 11 out of New York, and they would always have ads for Broadway shows. You know, it's a New York station, so they have uh, "Come See Cats Now" at the Winter Garden Theater. Call the box office today or telecharge by phone, and they would show scenes from the Cats musical. And I'm like, even as a five-year-old kid, I said, "This, what is this? It's like for. It looks like it's for babies." But it's like serious singing and dancing, like they're like this is a serious thing, and I'm sure there's all kinds of like you know symbolism and all this stuff. I'm sure it's uh, you know I'm sure I'm sure there's layers and all that shit. Uh, but I don't I don't get cats. I don't get it. Uh, I don't and I don't get much of you know much of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think it's just like the music is just silly and stupid in a lot of his plays. So so I guess for the fifty percent of my listenership who tuned out after I made fun of adult males wearing sports jerseys anybody who was in the uh, you know the theater crowd the Broadway crowd I I guess I've sent the other 50% of my listeners packing with my cats with my hot take on cats uh anyway the, the you know this movie trailer came out and I'm wa- I've watched it twice and the kids have watched it with me and I say nothing I don't want to like you know when kids are really young and their parrots, you know, they just kind of repeat after what you say. And I try to, I try to not do that. I just say like, Oh, Hey Cam, look at this, look at this trailer for this movie. And I'll just, I won't say anything. I'm just like, look at this. It's, it's for cats, the movie. And she's watching it and she's like, what is, is it supposed to be like a comedy? It's supposed to be like for kids. It's silly. I'm like, no, not really. It's, I think it's really dramatic and like, sad and uh, I don't I don't even really know I haven't seen it I can't stomach even looking at these human beings and uh, you know uh, give me a give me a guy give me an old guy with his pasty fucking arms sticking out of a sports jersey any day instead of these grown-ass adults dressed like fucking kitty cats singing about I don't even know so so I, obviously I'm a pretty ignorant I just you know I I do like judging a book by its cover and I've looked at cats I've seen many commercials for cats and said no no way it's dumb. When the movie trailer came out, and I, oh, Idris Elba's in it. I like him. James Corden. You know, sometimes I like him. I like the carpool thing, I guess. Um, and he does, you know, there's some shit that he does that I think is pretty funny. I think he's a pretty funny guy. I think he's a pretty smart guy, talented guy. Um, I don't watch his show, but I do I do like him. Uh, you know, I can't stand Jennifer Hudson. And I don't know the other. Taylor Swift. I don't care about Taylor Swift. Uh, but I thought, well, maybe, you know, Sometimes people put a play, they make it into a movie, and that's that brings in a new audience. And goddamn, I watched the trailer and thought, mm, I'm not sure. I think I think it looks even more goofy now that they have turned it into a movie. This is not doing anything to sell me <laughs> on cats. Cats, the motion picture. 
and I'm sure I'll see it when it comes not in the theaters. I'm not going to pay money to see it in the theater, but when it comes out and I can see it on HBO without having to spend extra money or maybe it's on NBC or something like that in like, you know, two or three years, uh, I'll probably watch it then. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Sondheim guy and I like, you know, I like that kind of shit. I love West Side Story. I love Sweeney Todd. I like Gypsy, I guess. Uh, like Les Mis. Um, yeah, I like fucking musicals, okay? Kiss my ass. I like some musicals, not all musicals. Not the Android Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. They suck. <laughs> um, what I do like, though, is uh, there's a new, there's actually a new CD coming out. Uh, and I'm going to play this commercial. Um, I think you should run out. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Nobody does CDs. It's all Spotify. It's all streaming. It's all, you know, whatever. It's. I don't even know if it's still iTunes. I haven't, you know, iTunes was like 15 years ago almost. But anyway, uh, this CD is coming out, and it's this great compilation, and there's a lot of Sondheim on it, and there's there's a lot of really good stuff. I think you should listen. There's Man of La Mancha. Um, so I'm going to play this commercial for this CD. Uh, it's some of... For me, it's some of my favorite artists performing some of my favorite songs from some of my favorite uh, works of Broadway. So I'm going to play that for you now. Since we're talking about it, uh, I don't like Cats, but I do like what I'm hearing in this CD, and I'm happy to spend uh, when it comes out. I'm I'm absolutely going to go out and get it, and I you know maybe it'll be on Spotify. But this is something I want to actually have the CD for some of these show tunes. It just sounds it sounds amazing, quite frankly. So uh, let me play that for you. Cliffy? Cliffy, this is your Uncle Cliff, Cliff. Have you ever wanted to hear all of your favorite Broadway show tunes, Cliffy, but you couldn't get the whole family together to perform them all at the same time? Well, I have some good news. There's a brand new album coming out just for your enjoyment, Cliffy. And it's called Let's Go Broadway Womack Style. It's a brand new 900-track album featuring all of your favorite Womack family members performing all of your favorite show tunes, Cliffy. I think you're going to like what you hear, such as your cousin Cliff performing the Jet song from West Side Story. Oh, jeez. Okay, here goes nothing. When you're a Cliff, you're a Cliff all the way, from your first pair of slacks to your last oatmeal taste. When you're a Cliff, you wear slacks and not jeans, and you let Cousin Cliff have your old magazines. Ah, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, goddamn fucking voice, I fucked up again, motherfucking voice, goddammit. And who can forget Grandma Cliff's stirring rendition of Yentl? Cliffy. Cliffy, can you call me? Cliffy, it's your grandmother, call me for Christ's sakes. Why do you do this to me, Cliffy? Why? Oh... Cliffy... Cliffy, won't you call me? Cliffy... Cliffy, won't you call me? And Cliffy, just wait till you hear Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable's delightful and charming take on Pirelli's Miracle Elixir from Sweeney Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? I'm holding open casting calls on my couch. 
Twas Pirelli's miracle elixir, that's what does the trick, sir. Come audition on my couch, try the jello, we'll make you mellow. Then this horny fellow will feed you a pudding pop in your mouth. Hey, 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 my son Theo. And Cliffy, who can forget the time that the macho man Cliffy Savage played the part of lovable Gavroche in Les Miserables. Oh, yeah. Look down, look down, look up, look down, freak out, freak out, yeah. How do you do? My name's Garage, yeah. Huh? Garage? Listen, I'm gonna do things my way, and if you don't like it, I'm gonna leave, brother. How do you do? My name's Garage. Yeah, I'm the cream of the crop, and the cream always rises to the top. What? As a little kid? Why am I playing a little kid? And you get shot? How about this? Instead of getting shot, Garage is gonna climb to the top, brother, and he's gonna drop the elbow down on his opponents. Yeah, the French, yeah. Aha, uh -huh, I like it, yeah. Look down, look down. Look up, look down, freak out, freak out. My name's Garage, and I'm gonna drop the elbow because I'm the cream of the crop, yeah. Macho Garage, yeah. Oh, yeah, dig it. And Cliffy, what about the time your Uncle Cliffy Baseball performed Man of La Mancha? Cliffy, it's me, Don Quixote, the Man of La Mancha. My destiny calls and I go. And I'd just like to remind you that this quest is being brought to you by Breezy Boy Brand Windmills. Breezy Boy Windmills. Ooh, that's breezy. Onward to glory, I go. And Cliffy... If you thought your grandmother looked good in a bathing suit bikini, wait till you hear her perform Gypsy. Curtain up, light the lights. My grandson's gonna call me tonight. I can tell, wait and see. My little baby butter boy is talking to me. Everything's coming up, Womack. Everything's coming up, Womack. And how about this for a treat, Cliffy? None other than O.J. Simpson himself performing a number from Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Let's take a listen. Hello, my friends. You sure are shiny. What are you, anyways? Is this some kind of old-timey razor blades hidden away here in this box? Boy, you could really cut someone up good with these. Wait, what's that? That's what this blade's about? He cuts up people in his barbershop with these sharp razor blades and then serves them for dinner at a restaurant and makes tons of money? Oh, oh man, why didn't I think of that a long time ago? <laughs> I mean, why didn't the real killer think of that a long time ago? Boy, this guy sure got some great ideas. If I were a real killer, I would have taken these razor blades a long time ago and chopped up everyone and served them for dinner at my famous restaurant called OJ's House of Good Eating and Fun Times. Hello, my friends. Time to chop up some people, I guess. Hey, look at that. My arm is complete again. 
<laughs> I got some getting even to do. And Cliffy, who can forget the time that your Scottish Uncle Cliff performed this little ditty from West Side Story? Ah, could it be Cliffy? Who knows, Cliffy? Cliffy is cannonballing down from the sky, slacks nipples high, picking his nose. Who knows? Head then turn left. Oi, shut up, you GPS cunt! Oh my goodness, that Scottish Uncle Cliff, he sure is a character, Cliff. He sure is a character. And speaking of characters, here's your grandmother performing Officer Krupke from West Side Story, Cliffy. Gee, Officer Cliffy, your slacks are a thrill. You never call your grandma when you say that you will. Officer Cliffy, your butter is soft. Gee, Officer Cliffy, stop pounding off. You're disturbed, you're disturbed. You're really, no, really, Cliffy, you really are a sicko. You know that? You're really sick, you son of a bitch. You goddamn son of a bitch, Cliffy. And of course, Cliffy, who wouldn't want to hear Dr. Huxtable performing his rendition of Pretty Women, again from Sweeney Todd? The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Pretty women on my sofa. I'll take my pants off. Here, drink this. Fake auditions. Jazz and jello. Pretty women. Pretty women. So act now, Cliffy, because these tunes and so many more can be yours for the low, low price of just $9.99. That's right, Cliff, just $999 for all of these classic Womack hits. So act now, Cliffy. What are you waiting for? Take your hand out of your pants, stop toggling your balls, and call today. What do you say, Cliffy? Let's go Broadway, Womack style. Because it's Did you, uh, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy the, uh, what was it called? Broadway? It's, you'd think I would fucking know. I've ordered, I've ordered like a hundred copies of the CD. Oh, let's do Broadway Womack style. That's the name of it. Did you like that? I think you should pick up the phone. Call the Winter Garden Theater. Or telecharge by phone. Get your copy. Reserve it. <laughs> oh man, that was fun. I'll uh, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit and tell you that uh, that took uh, that took a good uh, four. Uh, actually, that took less time than I thought. It took about four, yeah four hours, maybe five hours to put that together. I was actually driving to the dentist this morning and. <laughs> <laughs> that was listening to show tunes 
yeah, I fucking listen to show tunes sometimes. Like I said, kiss my ass. I was listening to Gypsy, and I thought, God damn, this would be great if like Grandma Cliff were singing Gypsy. And then I thought, wouldn't it be great if the whole fucking family just came out with a whole compilation album? And so I thought about it, and I'm singing to myself on the way to the dentist, and I'm sitting in the dentist chair thinking about it, and then I raced home, and voila, there you have it. And that's not the kind of thing that's going to happen every fucking week, I can tell you that. Oh, man, so good. So fun, though. It was fun to put it together. (sighs) Thank God for YouTube. Man, oh man, pulling like karaoke clips off of YouTube. All right. Anyway, it's over. That's the end of the podcast. It's over. It's done. We have come to the end of the show. Although we're never really at the end of the show because there's always there's a cliffy call. Johnny Boy's been work or excuse me, I should say Grandma Cliff has been hard at work this week. Uh, Because she called Cliffy from the beach while she was getting her suntan and all the hoodie. Who even knows? I don't know. She just rambled on. She rambled on. uh, Oddly enough, it was the exact amount of time that it took me to drive from Costco uh, to my front door. Isn't that weird? It was the exact length of time. Actually, it was not. It was the length of time to go past my exit and get off at the next exit and then come back around. Uh, It's it's amazing. It it was the exact length of time to drive from Costco to a few exits down or one exit down or whatever it was and then come back up to my front door. It's amazing. Amazing. It took that exact length of time. Just uh, one of those crazy coincidences. Grandma Cliff calling Cliffy Boy. Little boy, my little baby butter boy, baby boy, cliffy boy. All right, uh, what else? That's it. I think it's over. Yeah, I, I really, I kind of got to everything today. I've got one other thing I didn't get to. We'll get to it later. I'm tired. It's Friday night, and it's time to be done with this. So uh, I'm sure I forgot things. I'm sure there was stuff that I was going to mention on the podcast that I forgot, and I'll uh, I'll try and do it uh, some other time. Uh, maybe next time, whatever I, whatever I didn't get to today, I'll get to next time. I, I, you know, lay off. You don't even know what I didn't get to, so what the fuck do you care? Unless there's an email. If I promised somebody I would read an email on the air and I didn't, just, uh, I don't know, just shoot me another <laughs> shoot me another fucking email. And uh, to that uh, sexy Lexi and, uh, and F birthday boy, fuck birthday boy, whatever that, whatever that email fubirthdayboy at gmail.com yeah keep them coming I love I love to be uh, you know I love to be degraded oh please degrade me alright thank you for listening everybody who listens and crazy Mike if that was you emailing that's funny stuff man uh, uh, Mikey did send a text though and uh, I don't know he seems to be enjoying the podcast, which is nice. And he sent me a picture uh, with me, an old picture of me, and he superimposed Foghorn Leghorn on it right near my uh, my crotchal region. So that was also funny. There, that was, Maybe that was the other thing I, th- I wanted to mention I didn't. All right, it's over. Thanks, everybody. Have a great have – just have just the best week ever. Just go out there and just make it the best week that you ever could. Oh, man, just have the best – 
gee darn, gosh darn week you've ever had. And uh, but just remember, you know, positivity is. Uh, come on, it's for OJ. It's for the it's for the OJs of the world. You can be positive, you asshole, and the rest of us will live in the real world. Fucking OJ, fuck you. Uh, so positivity is for shitheads. Um, but you know, you know what does matter? Kindness. Kindness matters. So be be kind, you fuck. All right. Talk to you next time, everybody. Okay, that's it for Johnny Boy. And remember, email me, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. That's birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Talk to you next week. Later, gators.
I've got my four-piece bathing suit. That means the top half covering my bosom. There's two pieces to cover my rather ample bosom, Cliffy. As you know, I don't need to tell you it's rather ample. You know this already. But nevertheless, that's why I need a four-piece bathing suit, because I've got two pieces for the top to cover my bosom, and then I've got two pieces for the bottom, you know, to cover my dairy air and that sort of thing. And I'm not even going to mention the other part because you're a little sicko, and I'm afraid I might arouse my own grandson, Cliffy. Oh, my God. Oh, to even think about it, it makes me sick to my stomach. But nevertheless, Cliff, I'm sitting here in my four-piece bikini bathing suit enjoying a nice glass of Welch's juice, Welch's grape juice. Oh, that Welch's tastes so good in my mouth. And now I'm hearing things, Cliffy, about you going to the doctor. I'm sitting here trying to sunbathe, trying to enjoy the sun and sweat glistening on my ample bosom, Cliff. And instead of enjoying a nice day here at the beach, the summer spectacular, where you're supposed to be with your family, Cliff, with your Uncle Cliff and with your Grandma Cliff and with your Grandpa Cliff and with your Cousin Cliff and with your other Uncle Cliff and all the Cliffs, Cliff. You're supposed to be here with all the Cliffs, Cliff. But instead, what are you doing? You're sitting around doing God knows what, getting aroused by a new doctor who spent, who God knows how long, toggling your balls, Cliffy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine things that happen in the privacy behind the, behind the closed curtain of this, of this examination room. They tell me that this new doctor of yours toggled your balls, and that to, to, to alleviate the awkwardness, you tried to get aroused, Cliffy? You tried to get aroused during a medical examination with a female doctor while she was toggling your balls? Cliffy, I'm embarrassed, I'm disgusted, I'm disgraced. I don't even know what to tell you. The fact of the matter is you sit around all day thinking about toggling your balls, and when you're not thinking about toggling your balls, you're toggling your balls. And then when you're not able to do either of those things, you've got your doctor toggling your balls to indulge in some sort of sicko, sick, pervo fantasy, Cliff. Oh, my God. But I shouldn't be surprised. You are the original butter boy, and nothing should surprise me at this point, should it? You and your pound, pound, and your ball-toggling doctors and all kinds of sicko operations you've got going on. Who knows what other, what other ridiculous things you're up to. I can't even imagine, Cliff. But that's okay. I can't stay mad at my little baby boy, my little butter boy, my little baby butter boy. I can't wait to see you come out here to Hilton Head Island and enjoy the Womack Family Holiday Spectacular brought to you by Welch's. Oh, pour it all over me. Welch's is delicious. All over my body. Cliff, I can't wait to see you at the Summer Spectacular on Hilton Head Island, brought to you by Welch's. And I'll tell you why. Because I've got a very special bathing suit myself, as you know, my four-piece bathing suit, bikini tops and bottoms. And all the men on this beach are going crazy, Cliffy. They're going crazy for your grandma, Cliff. 
But more importantly, I can't wait to see you put on your special swim slacks and your, your swim snorkel and your swim swim scuba gear and your swim shirt, your button-down swim shirt with your nice swim tie and your gray swim slacks that go up to just below your nipples and pull down to just, just above your ankles, Cliff. Oh, you'll be just a regular little swimming shark, my little baby butter swimming shark boy. Oh, Cliffy, I can't wait. We'll have so much fun. But I hope you don't bring any any of your sick, twisted, pervo doctors with you out to the uh, family spectacular here on Hilton Head Island. You leave that you leave that sicko business into the uh, examination room, okay, Mister? Don't get any sick ideas. Just just come out here, put on your swim slacks and your swim dress shirt and your swim tie and your swim flippers and your swim snorkel, and you and I will go in the ocean. Your grandma Cliff and you, Cliffy, my little baby butter boy, will get in the ocean, and I'll have my four-piece bikini, and you have your swim slacks, and we'll have the best holiday summer spectacular you've ever seen, brought to you by Welch's Grape Juice. Oh, my God, it's everywhere, Welch's. Okay, Cliff, I'm going to get back to the beach. I need to apply another layer of my cocoa butter, okay? My little cocoa butter boy, you come out here and I'll put some cocoa butter on you too, just like when you were a little baby boy and I used to call you my little cocoa butter boy. My little cocoa butter boy, that's Cliffy. Cocoa butter boy, that's you, Cliffy. Okay, drive carefully and remember, Cliff, get out here as soon as possible so we can go swimming together and snorkeling and I can put my... Cocoa butter on my little cocoa butter boy. Okay, Cliffy, see you soon.